Hey everyone, Art Burns here, wishing you well today. So yesterday I did a video about the, the very basic division of human emotions being that of fear and love, right? Like if, if you took all the negative emotions that we could possibly feel, boil it all down, you're gonna find fear. And if you took all the positive emotions that you, you could possibly have as a human being, you boil that down, you're gonna find love. Those are the basic two human emotions that we can have. And emotions, you know, and their very purpose, right? Emotions Emotions are what motivates us, right? If we feel no emotion, we don't feel motivated to do anything, right? And so what that means is that our emotions are always motivating towards something that we want, or they're motivating us away from something that we don't want. Now, I went deeply into this yesterday, so you can check that video out if you haven't seen it. But the point of this, right, and, and the point of emotional intelligence, right, as we, as we practice mindfulness and we practice just being present and, and seeing what is happening inside our bodies and around us, and we do so with a non-judging awareness, right, like, like a curiosity, a compassionate sort of openness to what is happening within us and with, without us, around us, right? What we do is we, we gain an insight as to which emotions are motivating us at any given moment, right? We can see when we are being motivated by fear, and we can see when we are being motivated by love, right? Now that's what the emotional intelligence, at least the first step in emotional intelligence is all about, right? Is, is understanding that, being aware of it, right? But then emotional intelligence goes a little further, and so does mindfulness, right? It's hand in hand, they, they go a little bit further, and what they do is they give us this choice, Right? They give us the choice to say, okay, I don't want to be motivated by fear. I choose to be motivated by love. Right? As I said the, uh, in the videos, <laughs> I say this a lot in videos, that, um, that the, the, the body sensation between, you know, between excitement and something like anxiety, as one of my clients and I were talking about the other day, the, the body sensation is exactly the same right, between anxiety and excitement, right? But the, the, mo the, the difference is the emotional motivation, right? Anxiety includes fear, whereas excitement includes love, right? And so, so when we are operating from that place of fear, right, what we're doing then is we're making decisions that are going to be based on that fear, right? And, and any time that you're making decisions in that way, right, you are in, you know, the, the survival mode, right? And so, so any decisions you make are going to be based on surviving rather than thriving, right? And so I'm gonna make a, a longer video about that in specific, but, but the idea is though that we have the power to choose where we are being motivated, whether we are being motivated by love or we are being motivated by fear. Now, why is this important, okay? It's important because when we are motivated by the emotion of fear, right, we are going to be likely to remember that's where the negative emotions are coming from. So, so if, we're, if we're dwelling in that negative emotion of fear, then most of the, uh, the, the, the emotions that we're gonna feel on top of that are going to be, you know, in the negative side of the emotional spectrum, which means that we're going to feel feel things like anger. We're going to feel things like um, resentment, jealousy, uh, shame, guilt, um, uh, you know, uh, inadequacy, uh, imperfection. You know, these kind of things, right? These are the emotions that are going to be brewing inside of us when we are operating from that place of fear. 
right? And but when we're motivated from a place of love, right, the 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 emotions that we are likely to feel from there are going to be things like gratitude, like kindness, like uh, happiness, joy, uh, magnanimity. Um, uh, you know, uh, just just love, just, you know, just really abundant, positive emotions. And now again, why is this important, right? A lot of times, you know, when I used to uh, live my life, you know, and I was just kind of trying to get through every day and just not really paying attention to my emotions and just, you know, got to do my stuff, got to get my work done, got to make my, you know, earn my money. I got to live my life and that kind of stuff. When I was going through my life that way, right, I didn't care whether I was feeling what I was feeling inside. It didn't matter to me, right? And, and I thought back then that, that it shouldn't matter because what's inside of me doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect everything on the outside of me, right? So like if I'm feeling this negative uh, kind of feeling in my, in my body, but I can put on a smile and get through a business meeting, then who cares, right? Or if I can put on a smile, I mean, this was before I had kids, but, but the same logic would apply, right? If I could just put on a smile and say, and, and like hang out with my kids and it didn't matter if I was being torn up inside, right? Well, I'm here to tell you folks that it does matter. Okay, now back on, I just looked it up, it was July 28th, I did a video on mirror neurons and, and what is called empathic resonance. Now, I, I strongly encourage you to go check that out. There's a lot of very deep information about how this works. Now, there's lots of books that can cover this as well. Um, I was just actually uh, perusing some of the material in uh, Daniel Goleman's Social Intelligence, which is the sister book of Emotional Intelligence. Uh, two fantastic books. Uh, you know, Also, Daniel Goleman and uh, Richard uh, Davidson have, have written about this in a book called Altered Traits. Uh, Daniel uh, Siegel, Dr. Daniel Siegel, he gets into this a little bit in his book, mind and his other book aware <laughs> so anyway there is abundant information out there about mirror neurons and about empathic resonance okay so I'm not gonna get too deeply into the science of it because I told that whole story um, you know about a month ago uh, but the point is right that that within our bodies right we have this empathic resonance that, that happens between two people, right? Like when we're in each other's presence, right? There is an, an energetic exchange that is happening between my emotions and your emotions and your emotions and my emotions, right? And this happens on what Daniel Goleman calls the, the middle road or the low road of the brain, right? Where, where it's, you know, there's like the low road as he calls it, which is the emotional brain, right? Which physically is in the bottom part of your brain. And then there's the high road, which is the understanding of the brain. So, so the high road, right? The high road here is the, the words that I'm saying. The high road is, is, you know, as I'm talking to you in this video, your high road of your brain is, is you know, is kind of measuring the, the words that I'm talking about. It's putting them into context. It's, it's you know, connecting them to different understandings that you have. And it's, and it's making sense out of everything, right? But at the same time, the low road of your brain Right, which includes, you know, both of these include, but especially the low road, uh, includes these things called mirror neurons, which is, is something that in your brain and in, you know, and, you know, kind of therefore in your nervous system exists my feelings and my emotions, right? Again, check out that video if you want to learn more or look it up in any of those books or, you know, Google, uh, do a YouTube search of mirror neurons. I'm sure you'll find some great talks on it. 
fascinating stuff, <laughs> right? But, but the idea is that as I'm talking to you, right, while your high road of your brain, right, that, that executive functioning thinking part of your brain is, is, you know, measuring what I'm saying, putting it into context, understanding it, connecting it back to your understandings and, and forming opinions about it, right, so that we can sort of converse about it, right? At the same time, that low road, that limbic area, that emotional part of your brain is also reading things that, that is outside of the consciousness, right? And, and particularly what that low road is reading is how much does the, the facial expression that I have, how much does that align with what you're feeling in that empathic resonance, okay? Now, <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting, okay? So, so this is how many people can tell when someone is not being truthful. Right? When, when the, the smile on the face doesn't seem to connect to what we're, we're feeling from someone, we get a sense like, okay, I can't trust this person. And it's, it's, it's latent, it's not conscious. It's something that's in the very, very deep subconscious of your mind, something you can't even put a finger to. But that is when you take a step back, you know, impulsively, instinctively, right? And, and so this is why it's important to, that you, you know, that you align what is inside with what is what you're trying to put on the outside, right? Now there are times where it doesn't matter, right? Of course, like if you're in a, an emergency kind of situation and you're, you're feeling fear and you need to show that fear, that's okay. In fact, sometimes that can be part of our survival mechanism, right? If, if we look afraid, somebody is likely to say, oh my gosh, what can I do to help you? You know, how can I save you, right? So, so it's not to say that you should never, ever, ever feel that fear and you should never, ever, you know, um, operate from that fear. The point is though that in the appropriate situations, right, if you're going into a, a meeting, right, and you're, you're afraid of something that's going on in your life, you know, knowing that that is coming across to everyone in the room, right? And of course, when you're trying to, you know, conduct business, you know, trust is a very important thing, right? So, so you want people to trust you. So, so therefore, you have the ability, as I said in the beginning here, you have the ability to not only understand what your motivating emotion is, right? Is it in the side of fear and negative emotions, right? Like, are you doing this thing that you're doing out of fear, right? Are you, are you feeling fear as you're doing this thing, right? And, and if you are, you do have the choice then to spend a few moments before you go into the meeting, spend a few moments, you know, kind of thinking about this and, and you know, or reflecting. I shouldn't say thinking about it because that's, that's not really the proper sort of angle of this because thinking about it usually just increases it, right? Remember I told you that there's like a, a momentum to this, right? In yesterday's video, I talked about that. So it's not so much thinking about it, but what it is is sensing it. It's, it's, it's recognizing that, that, okay, I am operating with this fear in my heart. Now, as I do that, right, what can I do to, to change that, right? Well, first of all, I can notice, like, is there anything really to be afraid of right now, okay? Sure, there might be, you know, you know, expected consequences of, of financial or, or, you know, or employment issues, or there might be a project that I know is going very badly, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, and, and sure, in the future, there could be some consequences that come from this thing that's happening, right? Whatever the circumstances are, right? But those are in the future. 
And, and the, the truth is that, that if we really look at it logically, we really don't know what's gonna happen in the future. We might think we do, and, and we might be right, but, but we also might not. Like, and, I, and, and in 2020 is a perfect time to, to, uh, to call this, you know, to, to um, you know, use an example of this, right? Like back in you know, November of 2019, nobody could have predicted what the world would look like in August or September of 2020, right? Nobody could have predicted the way that coronavirus has come about. Nobody could have predicted the way that this has just upturned our lives, has created so much division between people, has created so much uncertainty and so much difficulty and really reprioritized a lot of things for most people on some level. On some level, we've all been touched with this, right? Nobody could have predicted that. Right, so there's a perfect example of how we don't know what is going to happen in the future, right? So, so when we practice and we gain a skill of, these, of the things that I talk about here, we, we allow ourselves or we, we enable ourselves to be able to let go of the thoughts of this outcome and with it let go of the fear, right? So in other words, what we do is we notice like, okay, I'm heading into this meeting or I'm doing this thing that I'm doing, right? And I'm afraid of some outcome, right? But if I can let go of the outcome and I can just focus on the fact that, number one, I'm breathing, right? Which means that I'm alive, which means that right now in this moment, there are more good things than there are bad things about my existence, right? I'm alive. I'm exchanging breath in and out. I am, I am you know, I'm a functioning organism right now, right here, right? You know, again, now that's just a very basic thing, but you can also, you know, sense into your body. You sense into the fact that there's a floor underneath me. There's a roof above me. There are, you know, I have a phone. I have a, a car. I have a, you know, I have food available to me. I have water. I have everything that I need in this particular moment. Now, whatever happens a week from now, a month from now, an hour from now, you know, I can deal with that then. And this is how I can allow myself to let go of the fear that I'm feeling, right? And then dwell in the excitement that I'm feeling and dwell in the, the, the love that I have in my heart that's always available to me, okay? Now, I know that's, that's a little, you know, it's a little hard maybe to conceptualize, right? And, and, and so it takes practice, right? And that's what, you know, again, with practice, right, there's only so much I can put into words, right? You know, as you practice, you realize what I'm talking about. So if you're interested in learning how to do some of these practices, I strongly urge you to, to get in touch with me and let me give you a couple of things just to get started. And, and, and once you get started, it's the kind of thing where it just leads, one thing leads to to another and it becomes very very easy to um to 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 do this stuff it becomes a simple process that's not hard at all okay so before i go and i hope all the parents out there are still watching this video i really hope you are because this message is specifically for you okay um when i talk about this this empathic resonance right and how and how we can read each other Right, because we, we have this cognitive sense of, of what you know of what we're understanding, and then we have this limbic sense of, of what is you know how that's aligning with each other, right? How how your in other words, your smile is aligning with what we feel on a limbic sense, right? Well, here's the thing <laughs> when we talk about children, 
right? Especially young children, right? Um, I don't know, I don't remember exactly the age, I'd have to look up exactly what ages and stuff like that, but essentially, when when the, the, the young child's brain, okay, it gets built sort of from the bottom up, right? So, so in the first, you know, first year, it's all brainstem, it's just like a lizard, right? Just feed me, I poop, feed me, I poop, feed me, I poop, I scream because I want something. It, it's very, very just, you know, uh, like, you know, completely basic uh, brain stuff, right? But then as the, the child gets, you know, into the ages of, say, two through, um, I think it's around like 14 or so, right? That that, um, that 12 or 13, 14, you know, again, don't quote me. If you if you would like to, to find out more about this, you know, hit me up and I'll, I'll look it up for you and I'll let you know exactly what ages we're talking about. But, but essentially, the between the ages of, say, two and 12, right? The brain of the young child is first, it's built on what they call the, the what uh, Dr. Dan Siegel calls the downstairs part of the brain, right? Which is that limbic area, which is what Daniel Goleman refers to as the low road of the brain, right? It's that limbic area. It's all of our uh, emotions, right? It's all of, of that emotional mind, right? Which has no cognitive functioning, really. It has almost all emotional functioning, right? Now that gets built first, right? And then over the course of, after that story gets developed, now the, the upstairs brain starts to get developed, right? But, but basically, before a child is like 10 or 12 years old, it's operating almost entirely on that emotional level. Right now, of course, not not entirely because you know you go to school, you learn things. That's all the the cognitive part of the brain, but that's what's in in um, in development. You know, through those years, that bottom part of the brain is what is really functioning very very you know consistently. Right, which is why kids have very strong emotions. Right, that's why you know it's always it's either like real happy or it's real you know uh, unhappy and, and really you know distressed. Right, and so the reason I'm talking about this right is because remember that low road of the brain is what's reading that empathic resonance. Right, that, that's what's really feeling that resonance. Right, so so when you as a parent right, are not aware and not in control and do not have mastery over this emotional motivation that you have, right, which is, again, just a sign of either, you know, knowing it and being able to regulate it is a sign of high emotional intelligence uh, or high emotional quotient, and, and not being able to do that stuff is a sign of low emotional quotient or low emotional intelligence, right? And so if you are operating from that place of low emotional intelligence, emotional quotient, and your, you know, your your insides are very, you know, again, being motivated from that side of the emotions of fear, but yet you're putting on this happy face and you're trying to just, you know, kind of get through it with your kids and not let them feel what you're feeling, not let them kind of think about it or talk about it or whatever. Problem is that your kids feel it. Right, they feel it very, very strongly. And because they don't have the cognitive functioning, they don't know how to make sense of it, right? And just like when you're in a business meeting and you're looking for someone to, to you know, you're looking to gain someone's trust, right? Your children are gonna have a hard time trusting as well. And they don't know why, right? They don't understand why and what's worse is that in the very extreme cases of this or over a period of time of this, your kids start to believe that it is their fault that you feel the way that you feel. And then that leads to them withdrawing 
and, and leads to them going inside of themselves and trying to distract themselves, which ultimately is the is the premise for and the foundation for, you know, things like ADD and ADHD, because it's not just a behavioral thing, but it's also the way their brains are forming as they're doing this. Because remember, that cognitive part of your brain, that's what actually allows you to regulate your emotions, right? The emotional brain, you know, they talk about it in psychology and neuroscience. They talk about it as a bottom-up force, which would mean an emotional force, which is how kids are, right? They're all emotional, right? Or there's the top-down regulation, right? Which is using that cognitive part of your brain to, to regulate those emotions, right? So, so when kids don't, you know, develop in a certain way, you know, with emotional support and emotional attunement from their, their caregivers and their parents and grandparents and teachers and everybody else, they don't get that level of, uh, of the, the part of their brain that, that is responsible for that regulation does not develop properly. And that's what ultimately leads to uh, ADD, ADHD, and so on. Uh, there's a great work by uh, Dr. Gabor Mate goes into this uh, very, very deeply. And you can look, he has a book called Scattered, uh, which talks about this a lot. Um, he's done a lot of YouTube videos as well. So you look him up, Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, Mate, M-A-T-E. Uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic resource there. So that's it for today, folks. <laughs> I hope I hope you parents were, were sticking around for the end of that. And if you weren't, um, you know, maybe I'll do a special video just for parents. And, um, and I, I just want you to know that I'm here to support you. If you have any questions about this or if you want to know how to you know, how to implement any of this stuff because it sounds really good on paper. It's great theory, but like, you know, when my kids are freaking out, I'm freaking out. How do I do it? Well, there are ways that we can do it and I can certainly help you with that. So if you'd like to, you know, get into a conversation with that, just kind of, or get into a conversation about that, <laughs> just get in touch with me. Leave a comment, send me a message. Um, and please, if, if you have people in your life who are parents who you feel might benefit from some of this, please share this video with them. All right, do that. And that would really help me. It would help them. Uh, and it'd be really cool. And of course, do the YouTube thing. My son keeps reminding me and I keep forgetting. Like, subscribe, uh, comment, share, all that. <laughs> hit, the, hit the like button. Hit, give it a sh uh, thumbs up. Uh, hit the share button and, uh, and hit the subscribe button. <laughs> and then uh, I think there's something else. You got to hit the bell uh, next to the subscribe button so that you can always get notifications when I do a new video every day. So, um, so I hope my son's proud of me on that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I wish you well, and uh, I'll be back again tomorrow to talk about uh, some more of this great information that I find very helpful. It's been very helpful for me in learning how to live my life from a place of love and happiness, even in the face of great challenges. All right, everybody. Have a great day. I wish you well. Take care.